Hi there. Before we get into today's story on Australian netball's internal struggles, just a heads up that as we were going to air, Netball Australia put forward an interim pay offer to tide athletes over as the two parties clash on a collective players agreement. Now, the Players Association is meeting its athletes to discuss it. It doesn't change much of the story you're about to hear, but it is important that you know things have shifted. The full details will be on the ABC News website. But for now, here's our podcast. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. The Diamonds have done it. They are the world champions. This was the only one missing and what a fantastic performance it has been as they conclude the Nipple World Cup campaign on a high. This just in. Australia is really good at netball. The Diamonds won the World Cup, the Quad Series, the Constellation Cup 2 in 2023. They lost just three times in 19 appearances. So why is the sport locked in a bruising civil war when players and administrators are in a bitter pay dispute, when Netball Australia is having to threaten legal action to get players to their own awards night, when legends like Liz Ellis are penning scathing statements against those in charge, it's clear something is deeply wrong. What on earth's going on? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. The ABC's Britt Carter is a netball writer and commentator. There's no journalist in Australia more plugged into this sport. Britt, as is often the way in life, this dispute is largely about money. What are netball's players and administrators not agreeing on? Can you just tease out the battle lines for us? There's a number of things that they can't agree on, but the sticking point is this revenue share versus profit share kind of model that they've been going at for months and months and months now. So yes, they've been off contract all players since September 30. So that means eight weeks without pay now heading into a ninth. But negotiations for these CPA um, contracts started way back in February. So it just kind of shows you that this has been going on such a long time. And the fact that both parties, the AMPA, the Players Association and Nepal Australia, haven't been able to find some sort of compromise, it really speaks to the tension that's at play in this one. Now, in recent times, Nepal Australia has come back in the last couple of weeks and said, we'll take on the revenue share model you want, but with a couple of tweaks of our own liking. And basically the players think that they're just disguising it as another profit share model, the parameters around some of those terms. So yeah, there's a fair bit of untrust here. And I think that's why it's kind of all blowing up so publicly. Can Netball Australia actually afford, you know, a revenue share or a version of a revenue share? I mean, I'm frequently reading stories about the sport being in dire financial straits. Well, they're $4 million in debt still, so they really felt the wrath of the pandemic. We do have a responsibility to pay back our debt, which uh, we have taken on as a result of COVID, uh, and then find ways in which we can continue to reinvest uh, in the sport. So, uh, yeah, I think many people look at this issue and think, well, they can't afford it, so what are the players asking for? They look really greedy here. But what the players are asking for is a cut of the projected sponsorship like kind of above what they're expecting to come in. So there would be a threshold of what Netball Australia kind of holds on to before the players even get a cut of what's left. It's 20% above forecast sponsorship revenue. So they're not asking for money that's not there. They're asking for any money that comes into the sport above what they're expecting now through sponsorship, which is basically what the players 
are, are being used for, right? Like the names in the game and the talent in the game is what drives sponsorship, not whoever's working in administration. So they're really just asking for that partnership. Super stressful. I think when you're like relying on that money to pay for rent, um, groceries, everything, like you can imagine like, yeah, your next paycheck doesn't come in and then you're looking for other ways to kind of earn money. I feel like we've kind of made concessions to come towards more of their corner. They feel like they've done the same, but I don't know, from a player's perspective, I don't feel like they have compared to what we have done. Um, well, we're asking is, yeah, to be a partnership. Um, we want to grow the sport. We've seen other sports. Um, they're going crazy now in that women's space, and we want to be the front runners now like we have in the past. At the end of the day, it comes down to wanting to be a respected stakeholder in the game and working in partnership with the administration of the game. So I think that's kind of getting lost in the whole wanting more money versus Netball Australia being in debt concept. Is it fair to say there's been an erosion of trust between the two parties? Because this is the sort of latest flashpoint, but it feels like this has been building over a period of many years. Yeah, this has been escalating since 2020. So before Kelly Ryan was even in the head job, basically there's been a number of things over the past few years that have really broken down the players' trust in the organisation. So if I list them off the top of my head, Supershot in 2020 introduced right before it began. It's still a controversial rule to this day. Four seasons later, they moved the grand final for money and that was kind of sprung on players a couple of weeks before they were about to play semi-finals and at that time they thought that they could earn the right to host the grand final and then they found out it had been sold to another city. Moments ago, Netball Australia announced it has sold the rights to this year's grand final to WA on a six-figure deal that would see RAC Arena host the Suncorp Super Netball Premiership Decider as part of an Australian first, a new format that takes the league's biggest game to new venues each season. This year, the withholding of Diamonds World Cup selections because the other thing that's been at play is not only has the Super Netball CPA been up in the air, but the Diamonds CPA was in negotiations a, a couple of months ago. And because Netball Australia wanted them to sign that before they headed to the World Cup, they then withheld selection for who had made it into the team and that was quite mentally demanding for players and then there's things like the Gina Reinhardt sponsorship which has been well documented there's a range of things that have gone wrong and it's been a real I think you put it really well there an erosion of trust is probably how I would describe it so obviously we've got a stalemate but how did it get extra ugly over the weekend so there was another meeting held on Saturday morning where the players jumped on to have a chat with Netball Australia. Basically, the talks broke down because we thought they were headed to mediation. And so there were some meetings held over the past few weeks that were kind of leading towards the mediation process. Bill Shorten actually attended a couple of those as kind of a support figure for the AMPA. And basically, it seems like the negotiations have gone downhill over those appearances. And also, yeah, just this idea of this whole profit share versus revenue share and whether Netball Australia is willing to actually work in partnership with the players. So that kind of blew up on Saturday morning. We're told Steph Wood was actually quite emotional in that meeting. She's recently retired from the Diamonds and will still be playing Super Netball as far as we know. But she was quite emotional trying to explain the toll the last eight weeks has taken on these players without any pay. And I'm told the response from the administration was quite cold. So that really put a lot of players in a bad headspace ahead of attending these Liz Ellis Diamond Awards, the Australian Netball Awards. A lot of them didn't want to attend, but they were contractually obliged to attend. And so the Diamonds players did go along, but a lot of Super Netball players 
boycotted the event because they were invited and thought, well, why would I go along to that when you're not going to pay me? It was a really awkward occasion, I'm told, for the people that were there. And there was a World Cup Q&A where all the Diamonds team was brought up and a microphone was passed around and people were asked certain things about the tournament in general. And every player that was given the microphone started their answer with... Firstly, I want to say that I stand with the, the SSN players who are unable or not willing to be here this evening. Before they gave their answer. It was quite a strong stance, I think, from the players and... Yeah, it's a, it's a very dire situation at the moment and the sport is not looking good from any angle. As if that wasn't dramatic enough, Liz Ellis weighed in. I mean, this is a woman who's a mother figure in netball, like Lane Beachley in surfing or John Eels in rugby. Ellis is like a north star of the sport for so many. So what she says carries weight and what was her position? Yeah, Liz has taken a really strong stance on this one and backed the players. So she kind of let us know that she wasn't invited to the event where she has an award literally named after her. It's all about the Liz Ellis Diamond and who wins it every year. Courtney Bruce won her second Liz Ellis Diamond at the Netball Australia Awards, which saw some players skip the event due to a pay dispute. Oh, to be honest, it's quite overwhelming. Um, I'm, I'm probably not one for, for awards like this. She wasn't invited to that, to that event until November 3, which was actually the cutoff for the RSVP date. By then, she already had another commitment, so it was about three weeks out from the actual night. That just shows a massive oversight. I think there was an apology sent her way about that mishap. She kind of took that with, okay, well, nothing can be done here. But then when she heard about players being sent a legal notice two hours before the awards night and telling them you must come or you could be, uh, you know, in trouble here. Um, You're contractually obliged to come as part of Diamond's contract. That's where she kind of went, nah, I'm fed up with this and let her thoughts be known. So she actually finished the statement that she posted online with a really big call about leadership. I'm going to quote this for you here. Netball finds itself in the headlines for the wrong reasons. Another crisis entirely of the sport's own making. This has happened so often in recent times, the question must be asked whether Netball Australia is capable of providing the leadership the sport so desperately needs. This question must be asked not just by the players or ex-players like me, but by the whole system. And it is a question which needs an immediate answer. I think that's as strong as it gets from Liz Ellis Mm. and basically calling for a change in leadership there. If she's calling for a change of leadership, what do you think is motivating that call? Liz put her hand up to be involved with Netball Australia earlier this year. There was a spot available on the board and she was interested in taking on that role. She has a previous background in um, law, so she studied law. And, of course, we've already mentioned the biggest name in Netball potentially ever around the world. So she was pretty keen to jump on and try and help Netball get out of the financial situation it's in because, I mean, the other thing is there's so much distrust about the information that the organisation has put forward over time that we're being told they're in debt, but we kind of haven't really seen anything tangible in terms of clear financial status. So that's the other thing the players are so upset about. And Liz actually asked for more clarity around the true financial status of the game in a report that she was involved in in 2020 for the state of the game. I think that Liz has obviously seen that there's an opportunity here for fresh leadership and whether she's counting herself in this 
um, this statement, I'm not sure, but she certainly has expressed interest in being involved at a board level before. Many people would love to see Liz Ellis involved at the top of the sport. It's really going to be uh, interesting to see what happens from here. The stalemate rolls on. Can the existing parties resolve this, do you think? <laughs> That's a great question. I think mediation is honestly the only way. I don't see this changing without it at this stage because this has been rolling since February. So how are we going to find any kind of agreement before Christmas now? I mean, we're heading into December and that means potentially no pay for players across Christmas. Like how sad is that? Imagine if your family lived interstate or even if you were an import, say, and you couldn't get back home to your home country to visit your family because you didn't have any money to play with. I feel like we've got a lot of internationals in our league and without that money coming in, like it's hard for them to come over here um, where they can't work a second job. I think it's probably the most frustrating for them. I kind of think that this is really getting out of hand now and if mediation isn't on the cards, then I honestly don't know what the answer would be. I do know that the players have met today. So the AMPA has held a meeting for all players to attend if they wish. And they're going to try and come up with some thoughts about their next steps. So I'm waiting to hear what the outcome of that meeting will be and what their next move is. It's all a bit grim right now. Brick Carter, thanks for pulling it all apart for us. No worries, anytime. Headlines. Australia has finally won a game in the T20 series with India that very few people are paying too much attention to. Glenn Maxwell gave us flashbacks to his ODI World Cup heroics as he blasted 104 not out from 48 deliveries to steal a final ball victory over the hosts. It keeps the best of five game series alive. Thank goodness. Australia trail 1-2. They're sending a raft of World Cup players home as they are clearly gassed. Maxwell will fly home along with Josh Inglis, Marcus Stoinis, Steve Smith, Adam Zampa and Sean Abbott. That leaves Travis Head as the only remaining member of the World Cup squad still in India, which is pretty funny given his recent antics. Two more games to go, thanks, Trav best wishes. Women's Big Bash League is getting to the pointy end and Brisbane Heat will take on the Perth Scorchers for a place in the grand final after absolutely thumping the Sydney Thunder by 44 runs in a game that was for some reason played at the Wacker in Perth. Waiting patiently in the season decider is the Adelaide Strikers. Rugby Australia Chief Executive Phil War has confirmed the code intends to honour its multi-million dollar contract with Joseph Suali'i. Hamish McLennan was instrumental in the Roosters star joining rugby so when the former chair departed some thought that deal might be in jeopardy but they're hoping you could be in a wallaby jumper as soon as the end of 2024 on that annual spring tour i'm patrick stack this is abc sport daily thanks to fox sports and Brittany carter's ex account for the extra audio used in this episode discover more great abc podcasts live radio and exclusives on the abc listen app